We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We're the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. So, today, welcome back. Yes. Uh, today we are going to go over wide receivers and tight ends, and uh, we are going to first go over all the latest news. We're going to have Paul Esden Jr. on, site expert for Inside the Loud House. He's going to join green. us for that. Boy at Boy Green Twenty Five. He's going to join us for that. Uh, but before we get into all of the fun things that are going to happen on this show. Uh, hopefully, uh, we need to talk about Seat Geek. Okay, so if you don't already know, and, and you know, it is it is what school season, right? That's what we call this, yeah. right? School yeah. season, and yeah. it's also what Back it's it's also ticket season. Hmm. They coincide, right? I mean, at least I think so. If you're looking for tickets, get on Seat Geek. Uh, com. Download the app to your phone. What it's going to do is it's going to scan the web for you. It's going to find the best deals to your favorite on tickets to your favorite game, concert, or show. It's going to rate them on a scale of 0 to 10. If you don't understand numbers, it'll also mark them with a color-coordinated dot, and it'll let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot, that marks a great deal. A yellow dot, that marks just a good deal. And a red dot, that's not so good of a deal. Now listen, if you got a bite on the red dot, I can help you out with that. What you do is you use promo code ACAA at checkout, and you get 20 bucks off your first purchase. And, um, you know, boom, they turn that red dot into a yellow dot maybe or something. So what are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA. Use it at checkout. Get 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event, and we have the tickets. So, hmm. yeah. What's your colorblind? Yeah. But if you're colorblind, then you better know your numbers. What if you don't know both? You got no business getting tickets, thank you. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> so, so without further ado, let's bring Paul Esden Jr. on. All right, joining us now is site expert for Inside the Loud House, local sports talk radio host on AM 1260 The Score, Paul Boy Green Esden joins the show. And that is at Boy Green 25 on Twitter and all the other socials as well. Paul, glad to have you back before you go off the grid. I had to... Uh, yes, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You're going to be unavailable pretty soon. So we uh, decided to have you on. And we're going to talk a little basketball, a little football this time. So 
Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is I talked a big game. We were just talking about this before we went on the air about uh, getting to watch these games. But this this first game was at one o'clock. I was working. Uh, it just didn't work out, and I was too I was too ambitious anyway, and started reading stuff before I would have gotten a chance to watch it anyway. So. Uh, a couple notables, Elijah Hughes, no surprise, 18 points, a little rusty behind the arc. That's expected. I'll give him a pass on that. Bryson Goodine, 19 minutes, 11 points. Uh, Garrier, he played a ton, 30 minutes, um, maybe a little rusty. I expected more out of him. But um, uh, Gerard, six points in 16 minutes. And Jesse Edwards, who I think is going to be a star, two points, but got in foul trouble, seven rebounds. So uh, an, as an overview, as you saw it, uh, Paul, what'd you see? Well, uh, first off, it shouldn't be very surprising. First off, uh, pretty cool that uh, apparently there's an MVP trophy after every one of these individual games. <laughs> so I guess congratulations to MVP Elijah Hughes. Yeah, uh, thank absolutely. You very much. But, <laughs> so that's funny. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, of course, Elijah Hughes is the lone returning starter from last year's team. He should be the straw that stirs the drink as the freshmen are assimilated. The only freshman that cracked the starting lineup was Quincy Guerriere. And uh, he's the guy I expected uh, to be that freshman if anyone was going to crack the starting lineup. I expected it to be Quincy. played over 30 minutes uh, in this game at the other forward spot outside of Elijah. You know, Elijah, again, rusty from beyond the arc. My big concern with Elijah last year was I feel like he got too complacent at times. I feel like, you know, he likes the three-point shot. And I know all the kids do with the Golden State Warriors thing going on that everyone wants to be shooting threes from all over the ball yard. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think his – I believe that Elijah uses a much more complete game than just a spot-up shooter, and I just want him to prove it. So, again, but 2-9 and nine from, from long range, that'll get better. It's a first yeah. game uh, overseas. But he was the leader for this team. The youngsters look good. I think Bryson Goodine is probably one of the most underrated recruits coming in here for the Orange. He had 11 points. He had the most – uh, points of any of the freshmen coming in. He's the dark horse kind of candidate to be there at point guard. Jalen Carey will likely uh, be that guy as well. And then the the truest dark horse, I guess, would be Howard Washington, who's God. I mean, he's been through the entire life cycle yeah. uh, in the last 12 months uh, from the stroke to getting back on the field and everything in between. I, I, I'm, I'm sure he's just happy to be alive, but the fact that he's actually competing uh, there for the Syracuse basketball squad is amazing. So, yeah, a couple of takeaways there. I- I'm just glad that we got our first dip here of all the new freshmen coming in. Yeah, absolutely. And Buddy Beheim, uh, uh, you know, obviously he did his thing. He pulled through in a couple spots. So uh, the one thing I did notice um, that I think's worth mentioning is, and, you know, I don't know the competition. I really don't. I don't know what kind of level it is. Do you, Paul? <laughs> Do, do you just national team? Just that that, that it's just a, you know I don't know the best players in the entire country, but they've right. collected just a group of the national players. So yeah, it's it's hard to gauge uh, the right. competition level. Okay, well, with that said, forty nine rebounds to thirty eight, uh, we took it. We struggled last year, and I don't know if it's a trend for this trip. I guess that's a good sign. So we'll just have to see. It's really hard to gauge it though. I mean, cause I just don't know what it is they're playing up against, but the uh, starting lineup is you had in your piece for inside the loud house, uh, Jalen Carey at the point buddy at the shooting guard, Gary Aaron Hughes on the wings. And then Sidibe at center, uh, Mark out, uh, John Bolzak, obviously probably not a starter, but how do you see the starting five? Is it too early to even guess that or, um, what do you think? 
You know, uh, first off, Jim Beheim will certainly be exploring a lot of different lineups. We even saw man-to-man uh, almost entirely exclusively in the second half. It was purely man-to-man. He did do some uh, full-court press man-to-man as well, but it was straight-up man-to-man from the beginning of the second half through about uh, the early person uh, of the fourth quarter. So he said he was going to do it, and Jim Beheim is a man of his word there. Uh, in terms of the starting lineup, I think he's going to explore a lot of different things. Uh, I think, obviously, Hughes is going to be at one of the forward spots. I'm going to, Quincy, I think, is going to take the Canadian torch and strip it from O'Shea Brissett's uh, cold, dead <laughs> fingers. So I think there's going to be that at forward. Uh, the center position is interesting. I mean, a lot of people are high on Jesse Edwards coming over from the Netherlands. I'm intrigued to see. I don't know how many freshmen Jim Beheim is willing to put out there, almost regardless of how good they are. So Barama and... I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Yeah, thank goodness. Uh, I kind of said it last year. I was hoping last year would be the year of Barama, but uh, too much knee tendonitis that bothered him all year. Uh, he was always icing his knees uh, in the locker room after all these games when we went in there to interview him. He seemed to be moving around a lot less, uh, you know, with a lot less effort. It just seemed effortlessly out there. He was moving around. So those are some good signs. Uh, Jalen Carey is probably going to be your point. Buddy is going to be at the two. So I think the five that we saw will ultimately be the five that we see uh, come this fall. But ultimately, uh, there could be again. Bryson Goodine could maybe steal a spot. I, again, the thing that I get just that I continue to hesitate on is how many freshmen are going to crack it. I feel confident about Quincy. I'm not sure how many more Jim Beheim will be willing to flirt with. Um, <clears throat> how about Oxygen Bassano? Do we know anything about them? <laughs> is it just a, another? We'll just have to wait and see type game. Uh, 
This is a team that I can confirm is from Italy. I can confirm <laughs> that they're playing against Syracuse at 1 o'clock, 7 o'clock Italy time. That's These awesome. These are 100% the things I can confirm. Okay. That's why you bring me on for this kind of insight. Yeah, well, yes. I, you're not alone. I mean, this is That's just... more than what we had. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Andre Jackson, uh, he, he's a big deal going on right now, recruiting for um, 2021. Well, 2020. In 2021, yeah. um, he's narrowed his list down to what five schools here. You got this piece. Uh, yeah. Neil Adler uh, has this piece over inside the Loud House. Um, what are they? Let's see. Syracuse, obviously Maryland, UCLA, Connecticut, and Iowa. So, yes. um, what do we know about Andre Jackson? Hi, hey, local boy out of Albany. We got to get yeah. those right. It's kind of a uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's a he's a four star talent, six foot six, one hundred ninety five pounds from Albany, uh, second best recruit in New York, sixteenth best small forward in the country, sixty seventh nationally uh, in terms of all the ratings. There's all the teams in the mix. You mentioned them: UCLA, UConn, Iowa, Maryland, Syracuse. He's a talented kid. The complicated, not complicated thing for Syracuse is technically they don't have any seniors on the team. Technically, they don't have a spot for this guy. And throw in uh, Woody Newton, another four-star guy uh, who committed. He's a forward. So now they're playing with uh, some, you know, not danger, because you just got to prepare for the unexpected. No one expected O'Shea Brissett to leave this year, which opened up a surprising spot. Highest battle, many people expected to leave. So that is the unique thing about this year. Are we going to is are there going to be some players on the team that that uh, you know aren't able to crack the lineup and they're like screw this we're out like Geno Thorpe a couple years ago that was a surprise he just said see you guys I'm out uh, so they have to prepare for everything expect the unexpected so right now there isn't even a spot for Andre Jackson if he did uh, commit to the Orange but I think they're going to find a way to uh, get him on the crystal ball prediction uh, from everything from 24/7 Sports to everyone I'm talking to. I'm Andre Jackson is leaning towards Syracuse, but again, recruiting can often be fickle. He's a very talented kid. Somewhere, obviously, Syracuse could use uh, some help, certainly at the forward position. I think, honestly, uh, what they would really be, you know, really hoping for is that uh, well, maybe Goodine develops into a point guard that you think can be your guy, or Jalen Carey, for that matter. But Syracuse really hasn't had a point guard, a true point guard. Yeah. I mean, like Benajay, they converted. All these guys, mm-hmm. you look to the last couple of years, they've had to convert guys and use guys. Frank Howard, even, he was a he was a two-guard in high school. So they've had to use everybody and convert them to different positions. I think that's really, when you struggle there up top, that's really it's impressive what they've been able to do at that position. So, for, But getting back to Andre here, you know, I get on my soapbox rant uh, about the, the point guard position. But, yeah, I mean, he's a talented kid. Syracuse can use them. The more four stars, the better, uh, and uh, continue to increase uh, that national exposure for this program. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, not until next year. Uh, so, anyway, but one to be really excited about. Is this Kevin Mitall? Joe loves this kid. His tape's phenomenal. Uh, six two. What is he? Six two two ten. Joe. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. He has set a ton of records for what is equivalent to prep school 
in Canada. 17 touchdowns in a single season. That's a record. 1,058 receiving yards. Uh, I think that was second all time at that level. 35 career touchdowns. 2,438 yards receiving in a career. Um, that's all. Those are also records. And he averages 21.2 yards a catch. And when you watch the tape, like Joe said, it is a man, a, a man amongst boys. And um, I mean. This is a huge get, and he gets to play. He he could start. He could be at training camp soon. As soon as he gets his visa, he's coming to training camp. Yeah, well, I prefaced that with the competition as well, though. Well, absolutely. Go ahead, sure. sure. <laughs> go ahead yeah, I Paul. I mean, that's the key. Uh, he, he, yeah, yeah, that's the key. He kind yeah. of talked about it there is competition level. You really don't know what that is. But, you know, I, I don't want to temper expectations here. Uh, the first thing is the Syracuse wide receiver position has taken a couple of hits this year. Obviously, Jamal Custis goes to the NFL. He's with the Chiefs right now. In training camp, and Devin Butler ends up transferring out. Uh, fresh, redshirt freshman Ed Hendricks, who was a four-star athlete and was the tied for the tallest player on the team at six foot three. The only other six foot three wide receiver is Cameron Jordan, and he hasn't really broken through or done anything yet. So size is lacking certainly on this team. So to have uh, this guy come in at six foot two, he'd be one of the taller receivers on the team. The production is insane from Canada. So to get this is almost kind of like it. It reminds me of Coda Martin in a different way is that Coda Martin was a starting SEC level tackle just kind of fell from the heavens right into <laughs> Dino Baber's lap now again all the familial connections kind of help that fall through but with Ed Hendricks out with Jamal Custis gone with Devin Butler gone and you're looking who is the number one wide receiver on the team maybe you don't need one but I don't know who that guy is some people assume it's, it's Christian tough. Jackson but again he's a smaller guy at six foot one Maybe he can be that guy. Uh, for my tall to come in here and, again, be this like gift from the Canadian gods, uh, thank you uh, very much uh, for this on the team. Uh, this is a guy that I think could step in and be a player. Now, again, you got to figure out the work piece issue. That's a little above my pay grade. But uh, he does plan on joining uh, the football program this fall. He should be a huge help. The tape is insane. I agree. I've seen it. It's fantastic. And the other thing is here, and I've kind of talked to Dino Babers about this and other members of the coaching staff, there is a Canadian pipeline between Syracuse University uh, and uh, the country of Canada. Now, for folks who don't know, who don't pay attention to some of the intense recruiting, is that Canada is not as heavily recruited uh, or from a national perspective. So some of these guys come in with lesser ratings. Uh, Quincy Guerrier is a great example, a guy who came in that if he would have played in America, um, in the U.S., he would have gotten a lot more notoriety for what he was able to accomplish. But also those questions that we kind of hinted at heading into this question about the level of competition also has people skeptical of what he'll be able to bring in. He's the third Canadian to join the program. You've got Jeff Canteen, who I absolutely love. He reminds me of a Lawrence Taylor type at linebacker. You've got Matthew Bergeron, who's an offensive lineman, so you can plug and play him. My talk could be another guy that they weren't expecting to be a part of this program to be a part, and perhaps he could be a key cog uh, for this year. But, again, the couple of questions is level of competition. How quickly can he assimilate himself into this program? It could be one of those kind of situations to use a Lockheed Williams. He was a JUCO transfer. His first year was kind of a, a dump because he had to learn and figure out everything, and, and to, tra- to transition over took him a little bit longer to make that. Maybe it's a little easier uh, for the wide receiver position, and my talk can contribute immediately. Yeah, it's awesome. I think he's, I think he's a talented dude. He's big. I love it. Um, Joe, some good news coming out of training camp, right? Oh, is there? Is there? Yeah. Sam Heckel came back. Okay. <laughs> well, Sean, Sean helped with the transition from basketball to football, but uh, 
I know we were looking into and we talked before about the uh, the stuff that we were looking at going to this training camp and, and you know everything looked par for the course we were hearing good stuff and then all of a sudden we get some injuries at the end of the week uh, but we got some good news today Sam Heckle returned to practice um, as far as you were concerned when you heard that news about Sam Heckle and uh, McKinley Williams how concerned were you or do you you know maybe have some people that you talk about that know how bad those injuries really were that out indefinitely stuff really scares me so yeah, and here's the thing another thing here Syracuse is a private university they can keep a lot of it private uh, that's why uh, and on the two notes I'll answer both of the questions here so first off on Ed Hendricks I had heard before it became public uh, that uh, he it was a serious injury and he was trying to seek other medical opinions to try to see if there was a, some other doctor similar we've seen several players uh, over the course of not just Dino Babers but several Syracuse coaches where there's questions between what the Syracuse medical staff says and what other doctors say, and sometimes we could get into that pissing match. Um, but it looks like Ed Hendricks is going to be out for the year, and there's not anything that any doctor is going to change about that. So he looks like he's out for the year. Uh, better news on McKinley Williams. It does look like uh, eventually he's going to be able to come back uh, this season. It kind of just depends on his on how his body ends up responding because McKinley Williams uh, on the preseason depth chart was supposed to be the starting uh, defensive tackle uh, for the Orange, and he was supposed to be a part of the entire rotation to help replace Chris Slayton. There's not going to be any one guy in this unit. I like the defensive line. I like the depth, and uh, I think ultimately he will be a part of that, but not any one man is going to be able to do it. So the positive is you've got guys like Josh Black who could step up. K.J. Ruff is a freak in college football. Those are the experienced defensive linemen I expect to step up to the plate, but it's certainly going to be a rotation. I believe McKinley will be able to come back. I don't know if he'll be ready for week one. That may be a bit of a stretch, but it seems like he will be back uh, in the early portion of the season, which is a blessing. And then I think you mentioned Sam Heckle there. That's a blessing when you yes. look at this offensive line. I think the surprise is and just kind of taking some of the notes here. Mm-hmm. That Ryan Alexander playing left tackle. I don't think you know, many people saw that. Predominantly, he was a right tackle at South Alabama. He did play a little bit of left tackle. He did play tight end, too, so he's a very athletic guy. But I don't think we anticipated him jumping over at left. I guess the, the kind of change this year from you know this comparison of Ryan Alexander to Coda Martin, Coda Martin predominantly played left tackle at Texas A&M, and then when he came to Syracuse, Cody Conway just continued to defend that spot. So Coda was forced to jump over to right because there's not that mainstay at left tackle. There was a bigger crack, a bigger door opening for Ryan Alexander to plug and play there. So it's it's a blessing. That means Ryan Alexander must be playing better than we expected for him to be able to plug and protect the blind side of Tommy DeVito, which is a very key uh, position to watch for uh, throughout the 2019 season. Nice. Yes, I uh, completely agree with everything you just said as far as that's concerned. Uh, is uh, with these. Um with these defensive guys, uh, Cordy and Tyrell Richards, uh, it was interesting to hear kind of what coach had to say and some of the write-ups that they had because they're talking about, you know, just being used as versatile contributors. Is Now, is that just a nice way of saying that we're just deep everywhere else and we don't really know where they're going to fit in? Or is there some type of, I mean, where do you see these guys fitting in? Because they are freak athletes and they are really, really good. But I think that just says a lot to the depth depth that we have. Uh, so what, what do you feel about that, and where do you see them fitting in as far as defense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first off, on Cordy, uh, it's a first-world problem here uh, for this Right. Uh, Antoine Cordy was not expected to come back. When I spoke to uh, Antoine Cordy, I'm going to be honest, he, um, I guess the best way to put it is, 
is that uh, he was unsure of his future. And I think uh, something we take for granted, I don't know what's the best term to use here, is that when a guy goes through back-to-back season-ending injuries near the beginning of each season, you get not only the physical toll, which obviously the rehab is intense, but the mental toll. Can I step on a field? Am I oh. injury-prone? You start seeing the things on social media, and then it obviously affects your mind. I don't know if Cordy wanted to play another year of football, to be frank. He did battle depression, and uh, he oh, went through a lot that. of serious stuff. And uh, ultimately, uh, he decided to apply for the sixth year of eligibility. It's rare. It doesn't always get passed. If we go back to Terrell Hunt a couple of years ago, he applied for a sixth year, and the NCAA said, no, no, no sorry, can't get it. So... You know, it's a blessing to have him. But the thing is, the, the hard thing for me is where does he fit to answer the question? I, I'm not sure. I think uh, the good thing is is he's scheme versatile, so I, I don't think that's just coach speak. He really can play outside, inside, nickel. I think right. he has a lot of capabilities there. But my fear, not fear, but, like, again, the first world problem, I love Trill Williams. I think he's a budding yeah. star. I think he's a playmaker. And he made uh, things happen last year. I think he's probably wants to be your nickel, which means, Cordy, you've got to get forced somewhere else. Also, if injuries happen, Cordy's your guy. So I think right. that also helps to have that kind of experience on the back end there. I mean, obviously, it's safety. you got Cisco and Foster. That's as good as you can get. I love Christopher Frederick on one side. I think another guy that we haven't really mentioned, Efitu Melifonwu, a brother of Obi Melifonwu, who's with New England Patriots, won a Super Bowl in February. He's got the size that makes you drool at six foot three. That's yeah. the kind of guy like Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom kind of thing outside there on corner. And uh, he showed some flashes last year. I'd love to see him jump in there at corner. So I think ultimately, where does he fit? Great question. I think he's going to be a depth guy. I think he's a rotational guy that, again, him and Trill can switch in and out at nickel. I think also they're going to just find creative ways to blitz him, get him in the backfield. And uh, I think I've said this on the show before, but to reiterate, to make sure everyone knows the talent, I think uh, Antoine uh, Cordy, uh, NFL people told me that if he was a couple inches taller, uh, he would be an NFL legitimate NFL prospect, uh, first, second round pick, which is crazy to think about. And he's obviously got to stay healthy. He's got to live up. Uh, through all the billing, but I think they can use him all over it. And I believe the other one, uh, Tyrell uh, Richards, uh, who has been kind of cross-training at both defensive end and linebacker, I think it's going to be an injury thing. It's really going to determine ultimately where they're going to plug and play him. If they need him on the defensive line, I think they're going to rotate the guys. They're going to give a lot of rest to both Alton Robinson and Kendall Coleman. They're going to get a lot of PT, but I think also you could see him there. You could play him on the interior linebacker. Because you're replacing the entire unit, there's a lot of spots to be open. Uh, I know uh, throughout training camp they've mixed the old guys and the new guys. I really like how they did that with, like, Michael Jones getting starting nods, Lockheed Williams, Andrew Armstrong. I hope we get a mix. I hope he doesn't just stick with the two veterans. I think he can mix in some of the youth and really create some challenges there. The interesting quote that jumped out to me about Dino Babers is he doesn't believe that we're going to be this is going to be the big storyline next year because if he picks the seniors as everyone expects and Andrew Armstrong and also Lockheed, everyone next year is going to be like for the four straight years, Syracuse is replacing the linebacking core. He says <laughs> he's going to have all his guys prepared. So that won't be a question next year. They're all going to get enough run. We'll see if, uh, you know, could put the money where his mouth is at linebacker. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, we all know that the talent's there with, with the linebackers. It's just only a matter of time before those guys step up, uh, yeah, and, and I mean, at worst, with Antoine Cordy and Tyrell Richards, uh, uh, they're going to be really good special teams contributors, if Absolutely. you want to look at it like that as well. I mean, that's just going to help up our special teams as well, So, and obviously with injuries. So, um, thanks. Thanks. That's all I got for training camp. 
Yeah. Hey, okay. Paul, thank you for your time. I hope you uh, enjoy your your much deserved time off. You, I don't. Do you ever stop working? Seriously, you know, I'm going to be honest, and this is going to sound weird, but like I've taken vacations before, but this is the first ever vacation that I've taken from all my jobs. I usually, if I take a vacation, I'm still writing articles in the middle of the night. Or I'll be like, ah, sorry, family, I got to go use the bathroom, and I'm writing a breaking story uh, in the bathroom on Syracuse football or hoops. <laughs> or a recruiting thing, or or making a quick phone call to get a quote for a story. So this is the first time that I'm going to de-plug from the world. If breaking news happens and Dino Babers does this, or I will not know. I will be on a cruise ship. So uh, my, I'm sure my family appreciates it because they'll actually have me at my full attention without my phone on me. So it'll be a little weird. I'm not used to it. But when I come back, I feel like I should be fully rejuvenated. We're going to be ready. By the time I come back, it'll be game week for yeah. Syracuse Liberty. I've, I've already booked the Liberty Flames voice to come up on the radio show that week. I'm looking forward to you guys uh, making yes. appearances on the radio show as well. So uh, I'm ready for this thing, man. I'm re- Fantasy football, Syracuse, NFL, oh, yeah. man, I'm ready for all of it. That's yes, awesome, sir. man. Well, you deserve it, dude, and we appreciate you taking the time before your vacation to come on. And you gave me a heads up, too, which was the class act, so I really appreciate it. Um, you deserve it. The the team over inside the Loud House, which is where I see most of you, um, they they can handle it. They you know get them on it. That's all. <laughs> we'll see. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, right, Paul. Yep. Always great having Paul on. So one oh, yeah. thing we right. did forget to mention, or I forgot to mention, or you forgot to interrupt me about, was sorry, sorry. the okay. in the game when they play overseas, they play with the twenty four second shot clock. Yeah. So FIBA shot clock. Yeah. Yeah. Which means, you know, maybe they're they're rushing their shots or this, that, or the other. But no, they're just not used to it. So yeah, I mean, that's one game, and maybe the next three games they could. It's gonna. I mean, you never know. Now they're gonna have to learn how to run an offense in 24 seconds. So maybe that could possibly help to the carryover of a longer shot clock in college basketball. So I mean, that's just a little thing, but that's another thing to where you really can't put too much, um, you know, emphasis into what's going on in these games i mean you want to you want them to win and you want them to play good but it is a different type of basketball as far as the rules go so. yeah it's different they're still getting used to the line maybe too a little bit so anyway uh forgot to mention it thought we would we are going to get into all of the fun that is tight ends and wide receivers but first yes, you know what? what the you know what the bumper music means. You know what that oh. means. It's time to talk about the good folks over at my bookie. Now it's a new season. Antonio Brown is with the Raiders as of now. As of now, I think he froze his Let's feet or his something, helmet. or he gets oh, his yeah, helmet. Frostbite. I mean, what a dummy! What a freaking dummy! Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham said, "See you later, Giants." He went to Cleveland. The one thing that has not changed is where I'm putting my money. Uh, this coming football season, my bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book. Period. This year, they are hosting the first online handicapping super contest. Okay. All right, whatever that is. Look, here's the deal. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs you 100 bucks to enter. So all you got to do is you got to go there. You got to pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Now, I would only recommend a service that's been good to me to you all. So 
That's why I'm re- recommending my bookie. That's um, right. You play, you win, they pay you the money. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for all you fancy guys and gals out there, you can even bet the over/under on how many fancy points a player will score each game. So join now and get up to $200 in free bets. Use the promo code QS25 to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E, and don't forget to use that promo code. It's QS25. In case you haven't heard me say it a thousand times already when creating that account, and claim the free bonus bet. Win, get paid. Thank you, my bookie. All right. So, what I see we're going to start with? Tight ends? Yeah. That's what I believe I said we were going to start with. So. That's what you did say. Yeah. All right. Okay. We've got so much left to do that. Are, are you feeling stressed out yet or no? Me? Are you good? Are you good? No, I'm good. I'm okay. Good. All right. Yeah, He's yeah, good. Yeah. All right. If you're good. good, I'm good. I mean, I don't know <laughs> what would be so stressful. I don't even know why you're asking me that. Fine. Okay. Well, hey, like I said, if you're good, I'm good. So Hear me. Let's start Let's start with Luke Benson, uh, 6'3", freshman, 210, uh, known for his speed, maybe creating some matchup problems. He caught to- uh, um 23 passes, 404 yards, and six touchdowns during his career in high school. So uh, a good, nice-sized target uh, as a high schooler. And remember, you know, young kid, only going to get bigger. The 210, 6'3", 210, it's a big dude. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a good pickup uh, as far as helping this year. I I do not know as far there's as run three packages. Of them. Yeah, well. Yeah, well, there's only three of them exactly, and that's where you don't really know if he's going to be able to actually give a little bit of time when it comes to maybe give those guys some burn on some pass plays if he is effective. But uh, six three two ten, I don't know if that's going to be big enough to be down there with the big boys and block, you know, run block and stuff like that. So again, he might be asked to contribute on special teams uh, or maybe he can go out there for some pass plays if he is effective. But um, Again, I, I'm never going to judge a player by his first year. I just question how much he can help this year. So, uh, by just, by the way, that Gabe Haran disqualification hurt us, right? He but. might get some. Yeah, well, he might get some garbage time. He might get some. Who knows? So, no, you never know. Yeah, but she also don't want to just put somebody out there if they're not ready, just because he's the number three tight end. Right. Know? Absolutely. Um, I did get a request, and that request f- was for you to pop your beers a little better, and so. Who? Me? Yeah. You. Unbelievable. I, I've heard they're From weak. Who? I've heard they're weak. From who? From your brother. Alex. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Aaron Hackett is next. Junior, 6'3". I drink bottles. Two, 234. That's a lie. Uh, I can see you. What's this? Oh, that is a bottle. Oh. Oh. Hey, yo. What are you doing? Trader. They're out of cans. <laughs> um, uh, 6'3", 234. Uh, you know, this is a guy you can use down at the goal line, maybe. You know, Ravion Pierce is gone. Red zone guy. I don't know, Joe. How do you see it? Well, he, I, he did play a little bit and contribute last year. His third year at 6'3", 235, obviously uh, a little bit bigger to be able to handle that run block and stuff like that. So, again, this is a guy we're going to see. Uh, and um, I 
believe you know him and the next player that you're going to mention are going to be the main guys that you see at this position this year. So get used to his name, Aaron Hackett. Um, Chris Elmore, six foot two ninety five. It's a bus coming at you, a freaking <laughs> bulldozer. Now, we kind of we when we were on Tyler's podcast, we we didn't poo poo Chris Elmore. We did not. No, we did not. No. But we were wondering what kind of role he would play besides blocking at the tight end position. So, you know, you don't think of a three hundred pounder with good hands, but really, uh, he's actually got some decent hands. So. Right. We just haven't seen it. He hasn't been put in a position to where we've ne- necessarily needed him to, to do that. So he could definitely be a big surprise. Uh, again, you know, we hit on it in Tyler's uh, podcast, and uh, I'm not going to go crazy over it but um, like we did there. But he's going to be a fullback still in the backfield, and then there's going to be times where he's going to motion out and become a tight end and vice versa, and that's where you're really going to be able to see the versatility of him being able to play there. But – but to Tyler's point, I don't think that is the prototypical tight end that you're looking for as far as the size. But again, with his athleticism and, and like you said, surprisingly good hands and, and the fact that he can actually block or fullback, um, this could work out. So we we talked about Kevin Mittal, right? Now, yeah. I, I gave him props. I mean, I, you know, I just don't know, Joe. Help me out with a kid like this coming in we we broke the receipt we're about to do receivers and we broke them into tiers tier one tier yeah. two tier three okay we got 11 of them i believe something like that so uh we're gonna break them up but before because we we already kind of talked about that with paul where do you see right. metal in the tiered system right now um you know i mean honestly see him getting uh, any time uh, it's a crowded it's crowded man it's crowded well, you know, actually, it's funny because I just kind of thought of this because we just went through the tight ends. But when you look at the tight end depth, uh, he's pretty much the same size as yeah. Benson. Yeah, he's the same size and, as Benson. I, I mean, One inch he, shorter. He, he's, a, I think, a year older, and you saw his physicality on his tape. Who's to say that he can't maybe find a little niche as maybe a little a blocker passing guy if he can actually handle that blocking? Played defensive I mean, end in Canada, too, right, and did a right. great job. So. so, I mean, again, that's because we really don't necessarily need uh, his help. It's going to be tough for him to break that wide receiver depth chart, especially like when, you know, Paul hit hit on it a little bit, and we talked about it before with the uh, competition and with learning the playbook so late in the camp. So if receiver it is, I can see a situation where, again, he just takes advantage of the three to four game um, game rule that he can, you know, take advantage of and still redshirt. Um but a lot of that is strictly just because of the timing of the time he's going to actually, who knows what the day is going to be when he gets here, the date, you know? So, yeah. So the date is when he gets his visa. That's the date. Right, um, but I'm right. saying who knows what that is. Right. So tier every, three, every day that passes. I know. I know. I get it. Okay. You got it. Yeah. yeah. Right. We got, we got what week and a half, two week, two and a half weeks, something like that. Two and a half weeks. <laughs> Tick. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, so tier three, you got him in tier three. Is that what you're telling me? That's what you're telling me. That's fine. Yeah. Yep. That's he, exactly what I'm telling you. Russell Zero Thompson Bishop, huh? Zero expectation. Yeah, that's fine. That's a tier, that's my tier three basically. Is they haven't contributed, and I don't have an expectation of them too. 
Doesn't mean that they won't or can't or eventually won't, but that's pretty much how I'm breaking this down as far as my tier three. These guys are basically guys that haven't contributed or caught a pass in a, in a game and in, right, yeah, or a yeah. game that was worth you know which, which significance and uh, probably aren't going to be able to break through the depth chart barring possibly major injuries. Right. So Ed Hendricks out indefinitely. We don't know what's going on with him yet. He's a redshirt freshman, 6'3", 208, and he was he, he suffered what seems to be a serious injury, but we don't know. So uh, we'll put Kevin Mattal in, in, in this group. Next, uh, well, Ed Hendricks. You want to say anything about Ed Hendricks? We've kind of already been through it. Yeah, uh, it's just it's a, it's a sad story when you see a guy that had this type of talent and this type of hype, and he was he came in and was playing great his first you know uh, training camp, and to get hurt like that, uh, it's just unfortunate. And hopefully he can like we talked about in previous episodes, just make a comeback. Uh, but yeah, he's not a he wouldn't be a tier three player if he was healthy, but he's right. here because of the injury. That's what it is. Right. Uh, Russell Thompson Bishop is a redshirt sophomore, 6'1", 223. He's in his third year and has yet to see any in-game action. So, um, anything to uh, Yep, again, he's kind of here just because of that. I mean, we haven't really seen too much of him. Uh, I mean, 6'1", 223, that's pretty good size. It's yeah. a pretty decent body. Uh, I don't know if he you know, contributes to special teams. Uh, but again, he's here because we haven't been able to see him. And again, um, not to say that he's not talented and, you know, with three more years, uh, you'll never know if we're going to eventually see him. But right now it's just unneeded. And like I said, again, I have no expectations and it's no ill will towards the kids. Uh, it's not a shot. It's just, um, from everything that we've seen and heard, uh, we know what the depth chart is up top, and we know how deep we are right there, right now. So these guys are just they're where they're at just because of that. Redshirt freshman Cooper Lutz, six foot two hundred five. He caught um, he caught three passes for thirty seven yards in the spring game this year. High school running back turned slot receiver. Uh, redshirted last year, coming back. Uh, do you see anything? Special teams. But, I mean, that's kind of where I'm going to see a lot of these guys yeah. making their mark right now, and that's kind of them just earning their stripes, as uh, <laughs> Tyler would say. Right. But, um, again, I loved his tape when he was coming out of high school, and uh, receiver wasn't the position that he's played. But, again, playing in the slot and everything, you got our only lone uh, senior receiver this year is uh, Sean Riley, who's the main guy in the slot. So he's going to open up a lot of uh, targets and uh, opportunities for returns and stuff like that. So again, um, this is where I see him. It's not to say he's not going to have a bright future, but right now uh, these guys are going to have to make their weight in, uh, in special teams. Yeah. I mean, in another one, Anthony Queeley, uh, red shirt, freshman, 6'2", 197. He did. He had a touchdown. Uh, he caught a ball over John Sweetwood in the spring game, but um, you know, versatile pass catcher. But again, just someone who is young and kind of going to have to buy his time. Right. And again, uh, this kid is a guy that I would love to have in tier two, and he's so close to that. Just being that backup guy, like he's he's right there. Uh, they loved him at, at the camp, and that's really when he was a you know senior in high school. He came to a camp, 
wasn't really highly recruited and we saw him in camp and uh they loved him and they they offered him a scholarship uh and i think he believe he said yes either right there or that weekend but uh six two one ninety seven that's some decent size and a redshirt freshman so again he's gonna have four years and um this is the closest guy in the tier three uh in my opinion right now to breaking to into make, to break into the tier two and actually right. be able to see some playing time right um how about then we break into the tier two ourselves how about that how about cameron no, jordan yeah. Okay, redshirt sophomore, 6'3", 126. He's a third-year wideout. 126? Yeah. Or 216. <laughs> Boy, oh, wow. Talk about dys- dyslexic. That was awful. <laughs> 126. That's, uh, that's a little undersized, wouldn't you say? So, again, 6'3", 216, uh, third-year yeah. wideout, got some size. Um, what do you say, Joe? What do you say? Well, I got the tier two guys are more or less uh, – the way that I would describe them is that they're going to be contributors. They're going to be guys that come in and substitute for possibly injuries or guys that might need a little bit of rest. Uh, again, possibly some uh, special teams help, but uh, they're right there away from you know an injury or maybe a breakout game from being able to to break into the, the regular rotation. Uh, and more or less, these are also guys that have been and played in games and have kind of made catches and stuff like that and cam jordan 6'3 216 like you said he's a big body and more or less he's been in games and he's had a little bit of time to showcase his his talent more or less because he was in the outside and uh, i think last year we were more deep as far as in the inside than than the outside especially um you know with tristan jackson having to sit out and everything like that so um I think that's why he he got some chances as far as that goes. So he's got talent, and again, um, if somebody goes down or someone needs burn, he's going to come in and, and hopefully he can he can prove himself again. He's going to have three more years, so never know what's going to happen. But um, tough room to break through. But again, expect to see him on the field and catching some balls. Yeah, and speaking of breaking through or about to break through, uh, Sherrod Johnson, redshirt sophomore, 5'11", 179 pounds. He did get a little bit of playtime during Boston College last year, and he hauled in three passes for 61 yards, which is, is pretty good. So Yeah. Well, yeah, he actually started that game, uh, I think, because of some injuries and stuff. That's but... right. It was his first career start, actually. Yep. Right. Yep. So, um Again, this is another guy. And they talked about his toughness and his hands when uh, he came in. And every time that he gets a chance, I, I mean, it seems like he does catch the balls that get thrown to him when he gets out there. But again, uh, I mean, I know that it's just like hitting the same thing over and over again. But the depth that we have and some of the players that we came in with Tristan Jackson with that with that uh, transfer, I mean, you can't deny the talent. So, again, just glad to have this type of, of depth uh, so that if somebody does get hurt or banged up or needs a breather, that uh, we have these guys to rely on. So who is going to break through? Who is the top of the Tier 2, about to break through to Tier 1? And that is freshman Courtney Jackson, 5'10", 171 pounds. Uh, he caught three passes in the spring game for 26 yards. And we've seen his highlights. Stephen Bailey's, uh, we talked about it last last episode, uh, Stephen Bailey. From mm-hmm. Syracuse.com had a had a nice catch of his in the corner of the end zone. Joe, yeah, yeah. you're really high on this dude. You think he's going to be a superstar? I don't doubt it. I don't doubt some things you say, most things you say. So, um, <laughs> freshman dude, 
got a lot of time to develop into something special and already getting a lot of people talking. Yeah. Well, and that's, again, he's new. It's the new thing, you know. Uh, you know, like the, the hard seltzers of 2019 summer, you know, just it's the new thing. So everyone's excited. But, the hard uh, seltzer? <laughs> what is like, that? That's true, you know. I'm missing out on hard seltzer? I think you are. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know where you live, but I mean, it's a thing. You know where I live. Either way. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Well. <laughs> the hard seltzer. Okay. Sounds like a I'm chick thing. It's Is the, it a chick it's thing? It's the flavor of the month. It's the flavor of the month. So, okay. again, he's made a catch, and there's a lot of people talking about him, but um, they're going to they're gonna create some plays to try to get this guy the ball, and I'm not trying to poo-poo on what we said before. Um, I do think this guy is going to be a mainstay in our receiving core for his whole career uh and he's definitely gonna Bayer's gonna try to get this guy the ball and he's he's kind of proven himself early but again because of the depth we got four ahead of him um i don't want to get too crazy and, and and make some crazy put some crazy expectations on, on a freshman um he came in and handled himself well and i just hope that he can stay the course and and i just expect us to create some plays for him but again not rely on him that much all right well but you're right i fair mean enough. but again i'm really high on this guy he is a true freshman this guy's right out of high school so yeah i mean some hands for real so and he's in a tier with some guys that have retired been on the, been in, been there for one two years so uh, they have a little bit of a leg up so it tells you the kind of the kind of uh, talent that he's bringing in with his recruiting classes. But again, that does not mean that he's not going to have to kind of wait his turn, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Well, everybody knows that's what they got to do. That helps, that helps That helps. motivate guys, too. Not so, everybody, yeah. But, well, yeah. Redshirt red Jr., Tristan Jackson, 6'1", 191, former four-star prospect. And we know he transferred from Michigan State last year. Got to play a little bit in the bowl game. And we've talked about that. And so, I mean, really, I mean, that's really all we know. But uh, a talented kid, yeah. and we got him for we get him for two more years, so no, three yeah, years. He's really talented. I mean, three he's a years, great right? basketball yeah. player. No, two years. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Two years. Yeah, yeah. he's a Russian junior. I mean, he's a great basketball player. Just great athlete overall. Uh, seems like a good kid. Um, there was a um, an article that I read. And somebody had interviewed Chris Frederick asking about, you know, what makes Tristan Jackson different than some of the other receivers here at Syracuse that, that he's guarded. And he said, you know, the lateral quickness, the way he can get it in and out of his cuts. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really, really excited for this kid. Uh, there's um, just I think he's got all the motivation in the world coming from, you know, a place where he thought he should have been starting and, and he wasn't. And he can't he comes here has the bowl game that he has and, and kind of takes that bowl by the horns. And now I think he's ready to go. Um, I mean, he, he dates the uh, basketball player, Tiana, that um, is going through her thing. So I'm sure there's going to be great motivation as far as that's concerned. And, uh, I mean, overall, I, I look at this guy to be, I mean, tier one, those are our, our contributors. There's four of them. They're going to be out there on the field. They're going to be catching a lot of balls. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they all caught over 50. But, um it is also reported that he has one of the largest catch radiuses, radii among all the receivers. Yeah. So, and in 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 he's also been getting real close with Tommy DeVito. So, yeah. um those yeah. are those are the kid's smart. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he he knew what the next who the next quarterback was going to be, and he made sure you know while these guys are playing on the sideline, you know, playing with Eric Dungy still, I'm gonna I'm gonna get with this guy. So not to say that other guys didn't get to throw with him, but again, he went he got with Devito and from you know all accounts and some of the video we've seen, you know, they got the great rep- repertoires and hopefully it'll carry over to the you know the season. Yeah, but I'm definitely I'm so excited about this kid. I mean, all these. Oh, I me mean, too, we got, man. A, we got three more that I'm excited about too. But this guy to be able to see a full season and see what he's really got. Yeah, I just can't. I can't wait. I I have high expectations, and we talk about the setting the expectation bar all the time on this show. But I just can't help it with him. I can't. I can't yeah. help it. Well, my thing is, is I have expectations of who I expect to make plays, but because I think that we're so diverse all around and we have so many playmakers that I'm not going to put an expectation or a goal as far as catches or touchdowns or yards on a player. It's just that when you do get a chance to get the ball, you, you do know, something you, with it. You catch more than you drop. You mm-hmm. know, you get positive right. yards more it's than all. you get negative yards right. when you carry, and and I expect them to to be playmakers when they get the ball. Absolutely. Uh, sophomore, Taj Harris, 6'2", 175. Uh, Eric Dungy loved him. And he... Uh, uh, 40 passes for 565 yards and three scores last year. And um, and it could have been more. He was close to scoring a lot more touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. So... Love that uh, kid. 175 pounds. Yeah. You know, it, I mean... but. If you watch him, man, he runs crisp routes, and I think that it's definitely going to be able to, to um, continue with Tommy DeVito because he, like I, we talked about before, has a stronger arm, um, and the accuracy is there. And um, those timing routes, those comebacks, and those those throws, I mean, it's, he lived on them. And then the yards after the catch, I mean, and he was, I mean, he was fierce, confident out there. How many times do you see him get up and, you know, I mean, he just got the team pumped yeah, up. Yeah, and at 175, yeah. I mean, there's definitely room to put on weight, but he's he proved himself last year. He's, he's a proven contributor, and that's why he's in Tier 1. And um, I don't expect anything different than what he did last year. If he did exactly what he did last year, I'd be 100% fine with it. But, of course, um, I, ex- I expect an uptick, but I'd be okay with what he did last year. Yeah, so, um, f- I mean, 40, 40 catches for – for 565 yards, that's not happening. I mean, bad. look what he's no, but look what he's set up to do. I mean, I can't tell you the last time a true freshman. I mean, I'm not going to go too far. I, mean, I don't know the record books like that, but what? for a true true freshman to have, um, you know, catches and yards like that, just as a true freshman, it's I mean, 14 yards a catch. It's 14 yards a catch. That's well, that's fine. But I mean, you're talking about setting up yourself for record book material if you're here for four years. Oh, absolutely. Talking yeah. about catches and yards, especially. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be something else, man. It's going to be awesome. So, uh, junior Nikeen Johnson, five eight, one seventy two, plays the outside, deep threat. Obviously, we all know that. Uh, three yeah. of his four <laughs> touchdowns last season came on plays of forty yards or more, and he finished his sophomore year with forty one catches for five hundred and sixty five yards. So. Um, he was Just like Taj Harris. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, which is crazy. Uh, he's recovering from an off-season uh, surgery. But um, how do you see it, Joe? Um, I mean, I again, I expect uh, just a little bit more production from Nikeem. Uh He had a great year, but uh, he did catch a couple long balls with Tommy, and 
it just seems to be his bread and butter, those little wide receiver screens and then going deep. Uh, and Tommy likes throwing deep. And, um, again, he's he's really strong for his size. I mean, you saw it last year, the Florida State wide receiver screen where he ran that dude over. So, again, this guy's a playmaker. Um, I don't think he's going to be – ever be the the hundred catch guy and all the yards and but out of the slot i think he's going to be the guy that you can rely on to make big plays timely plays clutch plays he's already proven that he's been clutch some of the plays that he's made that north north carolina deep ball with devito i mean that right there i don't want to say saved our season that would have been a pretty bad loss and devito came in him and nikeem hooked up and they ended up beating north carolina so um that's i expect more of the same from nikeem yeah, and finally, at the top of our list, the one, the only, Sean Riley, uh, special teams specialist, also 5'8", 170-pound senior, and um, uh, quick, okay, he led the Orange last year with 64 receptions, he finished with 756 yards and three touchdowns, and as far as his returns go, I mean, dangerous every time he touches the ball. Oh yeah. Whether he's catching it from Devito or Dungey or he's getting it from a punter or I mean yeah. he's got it. Yeah. And he's got the vision and that's one of the things I love as far as his returns. Uh he sees the lanes and he tries to maximize every single opportunity that he gets. Uh he's not afraid going across the middle, which is another thing that I love about him, especially being that small, going across the middle and catching those balls in front of the safeties and stuff. Uh it's not easy to do. Um and again, just getting the ball in space. You know, we talked on Tyler Morona's podcast about some of the possibilities, and Tyler talked about how he'd like to see him possibly go in motion or line up, uh, you know, double run, running back shotgun next to Tommy DeVito and have some screen passes and some runs and some stuff. Uh, so um, he's got the diversity to be able to do a lot of different things. And um, hopefully we can see it this year. I'm excited about this guy. It's his last. He's, one yeah, of the only he, yep, he's gonna try to, seniors, yeah. you know, and that's and that kind of trickles down to the Moniel effect too. Uh, I mean, Moniel yeah. and you know, Moniel and him are the only seniors as far as running backs, wide receivers, tight ends in this whole group, and yeah. uh, they're gonna want to go out with a bang. It's their year, so I'm I'm definitely excited for what he, <laughs> for what he's um, <laughs> the show he's about to put on. Yeah, absolutely. So, so <clears throat> that's it. That's all we got, and. It was a list and a half, but we got through it. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it I was. guess we'll, we don't know what we're doing next, but we are definitely going to have Tyler on to do some defensive stuff. So we got to like freaking crank these things out. So as soon as Joe and I can do them, we're going to be doing them. So yep. be be on the lookout. And uh, I want to thank everybody. So uh, share it, please. That helps us a ton. I was actually talking on the phone with Tyler, and we were talking about how the tweets and stuff like this, that's fine, but the word of mouth of these podcasts, that's how it gets done. So we really appreciate um, sharing it and talking up some Cuse Militia. And as always, if you like it, give us the, the five-star uh, rating and a written review. And if I read it on the air, you get stuff. I mean, how hard is that? Sounds, <laughs> sounds pretty easy. So anyway... I want to thank Paul Esden Jr. for coming on the show. And I also want to thank all of you for listening. I want to thank my bookie. I want to thank SeatGeek and uh, James on guitar. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. 
Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. 